If you think you know about mental illness, think again. This is We Are Hope, the radio program with host and co-founder Sean Perry. Mental illness has reached an all-time high in this country and beyond. We're here to break the stigma through change, discussion, and support. Now, here is your host, Sean Perry. Hello and welcome to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from the Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont, the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. We Are Hope is a nonprofit organization that brings anxiety, education, coaching, trauma-informed interactive services, suicide prevention, and collaborative problem solving, along with emotional CPR, to individuals and schools that are struggling to find affordable support options. We partner with school districts anywhere in the country to support students that are currently struggling. We support them in a way that has never been done before in a school setting. We bring services directly to the child in a one-on-one setting five days a week. This allows for a level of consistency that is unmatched in our public school system. If you know of a school or a child that can utilize our services, please send me an email at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also contact me via phone at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Again, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you'd like to book me to come speak in your school or community on how to best support anxiety that children are currently struggling with, please email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. On today's show, I have the privilege of speaking with my friend and colleague, Dr. David Baker. Dr. Baker and I met through a guest that I had last week, Chief Justice John Broderick. While, While speaking with Mr. Broderick, he suggested that I call Dr. Baker because he was an innovator in the state of Vermont and really understood what was needed to support children in these times of crisis. And it is so true. So, David, I want to welcome you to the show and just say that I am so happy that you're here with me today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Sean, for for inviting me. You know, um, we've had a um, a pretty strong working relationship over the last year, and um, it's interesting because you've been in education for th- about thirty years, right? Yeah, I'll throw a thirty-five actually. I, okay. I hate to okay. admit it, but you know. <laughs> so you know, thir- thirty-five years to do anything right in your in your life is a long time. What drives you? to be in education? You know, that, that's a great question, Sean. Um, and I think so much of it has to be, has to be a, you know, a personal passion. And, and, and I've sort of worked my way up the ranks, or some, some people think it's down the ranks, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I started as a teacher, uh, middle school and high school, teaching math uh, in Rhode Island and Central Falls, a, a, a very poor community, even, even back then. Um, but what I remember most about my childhood experience, and I was raised by a single mom, uh, and uh, and she did a great job. You know, she was she was tough, um, but you know, we didn't have much, and I certainly didn't have a dad. And and I just remembered growing up that there were just a couple of key people in my life that mm. that caused it to go one way rather than another way. And right. and I've never forgotten that. You know, and and most of those people were. Those couple of people, two of them were teachers. One was an executive director of the East Providence Boys Club back mm. in Rhode Island. But those, they were all men. Matter of fact, the, the most surprising was when I walked into my sixth grade class and I looked at the front of the room and, and, and there was this guy with a tie on. 
and I had only had female teachers, so I, I right. just assumed he was the he was the custodian, and maybe they were going to dress up <laughs> nice, right. you know that that year. So, uh, right. but I tell you, that guy reached out to us, and 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 even back then knew exactly what we needed, and a couple of buddies of mine who didn't have dads needed, and. It, it essentially, over time, I think, changed my life and gave me that yeah. direction. So I think it's that personal passion and, and, and that drive has stayed with me. And, and my mantra has always been, you know, we just want to constantly be that, that difference in that particular child's life. And, right. and knowing that uh, so many of them really need, need that uh, boost and that support. So that's, that, so that's true. what drives me and gets me up every day. And, and that's why I love this work. That's awesome. So, you know, in 35 years, you must have seen um, a gamut of society, societal changes. What has changed in education since you've started? Yeah, I think for mo- most of it has been uh, around the family unit. And, and, and I, mm. am, I embrace, you know, certainly because I was a product of a single parent home. So I, I don't think that it's it's got to do with single parenting or or, 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 or uh, dysfunction of family. I think all of those, those kinds of traumas can, can, be, can be overcome. But what I've seen is an increase in the number of those kinds of situations over the years where uh, our, our little ones are coming to us, uh, you know, with having seen an awful lot of, uh, a lot of dysfunction and trauma uh, right. in, in their family. I... I I read a statistic from the National Center for Mental Health, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of some of this, but, you know, 60% of adults uh, report experiencing some kind of abuse or difficult family circumstance mm-hmm. uh, during childhood. And, and, and I think that that's what, what I've seen. I think that number has increased and is continuing to increase. And here's the thing. It cuts across socioeconomic lines. It, you know, right. There are a lot of people that want to put it on the poor or want to put it on you know, on a certain segment of our society. But what I've seen is that that that, that level of, 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 of dysfunction and, and discord and disengagement is, is cutting across economic lines. And, and kids are just coming to us, you know, trauma-induced or, 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 or trauma-laden. And, and it's, it's just, it's, it's getting more and more difficult to watch uh, right. as, as they come to us that way. You, you know, and the interesting thing about that, David, is, you know, um, and as you know, there's, there's that new ACEs, right? Early childhood oh, right. Um, adverse uh, experiences. Childhood experiences, right. Right. You know, and, and, and with this, you know, we're, we're starting to really see the numbers um, explode as people are, opening up and being honest, because as you know, you know, you go back 35 years ago, you know, if there was trauma in the home or or abuse in the home or anything that was going on, nobody was talking about it. So it's not that those things were never there before. It was that we were all really tight lipped about those things before. And I think that's also one of the, you know, one of the really big differences that we, you know, that we see. But what's interesting is, is the way that um, schools used to support that. So what are some old ways of dealing with it um, that you guys in, in, in the school, in the school uh, districts before would deal with, with kids that struggled? And then what have you learned from that? Yeah, well, I think in the historically, uh, you know, because, you know, you, you probably had, you know, more, more intact families or certainly more families that were 
at least on the exterior functioning, you know, you you would tap into that home a lot. You'd you'd call home, you'd make that contact, and 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 you try to you know you try to work something out with the younger children. You know, the traditional discipline measures were, you know, keeping a student after school, maybe for a conversation, uh, suspension, you know, uh, detention. Those were the traditional ways you dealt with with some of the some of that trauma piece and. And, and, and what you're finding now with kids who are coming so disengaged and so disassociated and really mm-hmm. not with great support systems, and again, this isn't all kids. We've got great families right. and great kids in our systems, but, but more and more are coming to us with those detachments. And, and so consequently, you can't rely on those old systems of, of, of parental support or keeping a child after school or suspending a child from school. Because quite right. frankly, it exasperates the situation, and and it can can in fact make it worse, and it certainly makes the lives of those families worse. Well, and sometimes the child needs to act. You know, it's better for the child to actually be in the school rather than to be suspended. I mean, that's exactly. you know, that's one of the things that, that that we're seeing. That's exactly right, and, and and that's why I think we've had to really start to look at better ways to deal with that level of trauma and and childhood anxiety and and depression. You know, and uh, and and that's that's a whole new in the last ten years. You know, that's that's that that's been a whole new emphasis uh, in buildings and building up those supports. It, it's just so critical. Well, you know, and I have to say, you know, um, in, in coming on board with with you guys this year, um, you know, the level of commitment from your principles has just been and you has just been amazing to your community you know or and for your community i mean how committed you guys are i'm not sure if if the 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 school district you know the community actually really realizes the the level of commitment that you guys have for those children yeah i appreciate that and and i see it in my administrative team and and we did a lot of work i mean this is my going on my eighth year in this district. And part of it, you know, that's part of the issues in our public school systems, right? It's trying to build a consistent administrative team. There's a lot of turnover in this business and right. superintendents don't, don't stay long and principals don't stay long. We've really tried to build a cohesive team and that team has stayed pretty consistent over the last, over the last few years. And all of us together have been on this journey kind of looking. Right. You mentioned that ACES study. One of the things we did is we, we all went to a two-day workshop on on ACES and, and, and that childhood adversity piece and, 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 the, and the statistics there and the data there uh, around, uh, and, and I went back and reviewed my notes in preparation for today's uh, phone conversation, but it really, it, it really sh- shocked us that, that kids who come from trauma backgrounds, and, and this is from the notes from that class a, a, a year or so, a couple of years ago, 15 times more likely to commit suicide, four times. Yeah more likely to become an alcoholic, you know, and, 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 yeah. and it goes, and the list goes on and on. And, and I think our group just looked around the table and said, we've got we've to figure out a way. We can't depend on others to solve this. The kids come to us every day. We see them every day. We build right. relationships with them every day. And I think you've seen that passion and, and commitment, and, and it's been great, great to see it. You don't sometimes, I mean, you'll get principals isolated that do that, but, to see a whole team committed to this is, oh, it's I, I absolutely. agree with you. It's, 
it's it's, it's absolutely amazing, amazing. It, it really is and, and i got to say that as the as an outside uh resource that comes into your district and and does work and supports the school uh supports the children and the and and the faculty there to be able to have that level of commitment it makes our jobs so much easier we're not you know we're not fighting against the grain we're all going you know we're all going in the same direction so you know again that that is just awesome and i commend you and i hope a lot of people in vermont are listening to this show uh today um that are educators and and really um try to follow your your guys's lead because you're doing some really amazing work um it's time for a break if you or someone you know is currently struggling remember there is hope anytime anywhere through we are hope's telecoaching platform Please feel free to give me a call today at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also email me directly at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we'll be discussing trauma, poverty, and addiction and how it's impacting our children. We'll be back in a minute. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Redson. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to We Are Hope. If you are interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change, and me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from the space I'm in in Bradford, Vermont, the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also email me directly. I mean, uh, call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wearehope.org. Uh, we are hoping. 
Um, I'm here with Dr. David Baker, superintendent of Windsor Supervisory Union in uh, Vermont. David, uh, thanks for being here with me again today. I want to go go in and start and talk about the big T, trauma, right? Our children are in crisis. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about a little story um, yesterday, just to, just to kind of show everybody where we're at. And David had, had mentioned, uh, you know, the suicide rates going up and, and, and we are in a, in a full-fledged crisis. But yesterday I was... Um, at home and I got a message from my daughter. She was babysitting some kids and uh, one of the children had run into the bathroom, locked himself in the door and said that he wanted to kill himself and he was gonna jump out the, the second story window. And so I, I ran over to the house and talked with this young man who's in fifth grade. And, and you know, what I realized was that um, like so many youth that are currently struggling, he just didn't know how to emotionally regulate. This is where we're at right now, everyone. You know, we are in a we are in a full fledged crisis with kids who don't know how to communicate their needs and haven't been taught how to communicate their needs. And so, David, you know, you are are in a very unique position as a superintendent because you don't you're not a principal in just one school. You oversee an entire district. You know, when did you start to realize that there was a a problem with trauma in your field? Well, yeah, well, I mean, it, it probably was prior to my time at, at Windsor. Um, I had been an associate principal at Hartford High School uh, prior to that, and, and I, I, I had just begun to watch kids who were really struggling with, with the very things you talked about. Uh, we had a lot of kids who were cutting. We had a lot of kids who were threatening to commit suicide. We had a lot of kids that were experiencing long periods of depression, absences from school, uh, and the same thing when I got to Windsor. You know, we have a, we've, we've improved the graduation rate, but there are still far too many kids that become so disassociated mm-hmm. uh, and can't find that connection that they, they, they leave us. And then once they're gone, and of course after the age of 16, you know, nobody really wants, wants to chase them. We'll reach out to them, but there's, there's, no, there's no power to get them back unless right. they want to come back. And so you just see that in large numbers, and it mm. it just rattles you, you know, because you know that once once they're not coming to school every day, and you don't have any sights on them, you don't know what's happening. And quite frankly, and I don't want to get too too dramatic or, or too morose, but uh, you know, I've gone I've gone to several funerals of kids that I've worked with, and it, it's heartbreaking. You just right. can't imagine to encounter those families and and those uh, those uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, It's just, you know, and I think, Sean, you hit it right on the head. I think in the past, we thought we had to beef up, you know, heavy-duty mental health uh, experiences and get counselors doing therapeutic work. And and I'm not anti-therapy, and I'm not anti an hour, a half an hour a a week with with a good clinical counselor. But what I saw, it was much more around kids being able to communicate. And regulate right. and identify, and, you know, and, 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 and be able to get in tune with their, their minds and their bodies. And, uh, right. and, and so that was, that was, you know, and thank God, you know, you and I met, you know, at the right time because right. what you were bringing to the table was something a little different than that traditional clinical approach, which is going to be necessary. Oh, yeah, it's definitely necessary. You, yeah, you've got you've got to get you've got to get to that. And but a lot of times with younger kids and, and, and even middle school kids and some high school kids, it's really just they're anxious and, and, yeah. and they don't they don't know how to express 
those feelings. And, and so right. they come out in all kinds of sideways. They think they're different. They think, no, as the judge said last week, they think nobody else on the planet is feeling this. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's why I was glad you and I met and we've been able to do some great things here. Yeah, I, I believe I believe we have, and you know, you're on boards and commissions, and you and you, and you, you oversee a lot of different things. What are, what are the conversations with other superintendents around trauma, and um, who's just not buying it still? And and I don't mean like a name, but I, you know what I mean. I mean, you know, I think some people are still in denial. And are you seeing that when you're when you're talking with other superintendents? Yeah, absolutely, and I think. Uh uh, I, I, certainly, the you know the mental health providers and the support people and the socio uh, emotional people. I mean, they, they they get it, but I I'm not so sure all the time that uh, because and and you and I have talked about this and you've mentioned this on your show that as much as we've talked about it and we've gotten a little bit more engaged about it, there's still that stigma, right? That right. that goes along with somebody that even just needs a little bit of help, needs a little right. bit of support. And there's still right. a lot of pride out there, right, in, yeah. in, in these families, in these communities, and with kids. And so I think sometimes, you know, from whether it's superintendents or, or, or other administrators, and by the way, there's a, there's a wealth of good administrators out there, but occasionally it's, a, hey, come on, you know, buck up, pull, pull, you know, pull up the bootstraps. You know, uh-huh. I did it, you can do it. And, right. and it's, 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 the wrong, it's the wrong approach, you know. Right. Uh, uh, and there's still some folks who I think are living in that punitive world where if a student is acting out or getting aggressive or shutting down, you know, we've, we, we've, we've got we've to get punitive about that. And that's right. the worst thing at those moments that you right. can do with kids. Right. And they're focusing yeah, so on the behavior and not what's behind the behavior. And like you and I talk about that all the time, right? You know, we've got to start looking at what's, what's causing Johnny to, to, to throw that desk and, and to run out of class and to tell the teacher F you and all these other things. We have to start looking at that, you know, what's going on exactly. behind that and what's causing that as opposed to that behavior. And because what happens is, right, is that we are literally feeding into their fear every single time we give them something punitive for, for how they're feeling. Right. Because, you know, behavior is language. And so what they're doing is they're telling us something is wrong. And what are we doing in response? We're responding to their behavioral to their behavioral outcome of of that emotional uh, crisis that they're currently in. Exactly. And 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 as you and I have talked about before, you know, one of the biggest things that they're dealing with sometimes is that they just they don't feel they fit in. They don't feel they belong. You know, they, they, they don't feel smart enough or. Or right. athletic enough, or and, and so consequently, when you hit them with a punitive or a separation type response, it just reinforces that exactly. lack of belonging and, and connectedness. And yeah, so it's 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 difficult. Uh, right. But again, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this today. But some of the work we've done, I think, is sort of attempting to combat some of that. But oh, without we've a doubt, we've got to get our schools set up right. Yeah, without a doubt. So so poverty. And addiction are, are running rampant all across the country. And I think it's important for people to understand why this, what this truly does for children. Can you speak on the difference you see in children and what your district has done to support those kiddos? And, and, and but before you do, I just want to say, I, w- I want to give a shout out to Jean Marie and her, and her school um, in Weathersfield because I walked into that school one day and there were shoes just lined up in the office, all brand new shoes, 
that 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 school went out and bought for kids that didn't have shoes. And I almost started crying in the office because I was like, this, <laughs> this is a is a, a community based school. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that that, you know, and and I'm sure as you've gone to, around to the other buildings, I mean, Jean Marie does, you know, does probably one of the one of the best jobs I've ever seen in terms of meeting those basic, you know, that Maslow level one, you know, if you right. don't have basic food, water, shelter, clothing, right? And she takes care of that stuff with yeah. with her kids. And, and she's been a witness to me, and certainly you, you noticed it. And, and the other principals have noticed it. And, you know, all of them now, I mean, I think oh, they all do an amazing us, job. Yeah, yeah they yeah, all do and, an amazing job. Yeah, and, which is great. And every single school is doing this Backpack Friday where they just quietly and gently, you know, fill the kids' backpacks with some weekend food and school supplies, and they go home on Fridays. Because, you know, your original question is, what, you know, what am I noticing? I mean, you know, it's, it's clear that, and, and I grew up a poor kid, and I grew up in a single-parent household, and I'll, I'll tell you, it does, you, first of all, you don't know till you get to school that that's the condition you're in, right? Because right. you think everybody's like that, right? And, but right. then all of a sudden you arrive, yeah, you arrive in, 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 in kindergarten and, and you've got the, you know, the torn sneakers and the, and the ripped mm-hmm. pants and, you know, and, and, and you start to look around that classroom and realize, hey, wait a minute, you know, that's I'm different. And I, and I, I can remember it. I mean, I, I had yeah. some level of resilience and a great mother, so it, it, it didn't beat me in the end, but I see the kids coming in with very flat affects. They, it doesn't take them long to realize that, you know, this is not, you know, they don't, they don't have that. And, and it, it does that. It starts to exasperate that anxiety, right? And that, yeah. and, and, and a little bit of that depression. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes to, to watch. Well, and, and, and especially in a world to, in today's society where we are on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's all about appearance. Right. It's all about how do I look today? Everybody's faking the funk, by the way. We all know that. Right. Those smiles aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But at the end of the day, there's the there's the kiddo over in the corner with the ripped jeans and says now. Right. I'm less than I'm not enough of. And I don't belong. And and we're seeing more and more of that 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 classism and that separation and um, and and that is just a that's a that's a powerful thing for a child to have to go through, and then be told, uh, "Hey, I need you to do this math work, and I need it done now." And that kid's just not there. They're not ready to learn, right? <laughs> They're not emotionally available, um, and, and that's important for for I think you know the listeners and, and everybody else in the world to really realize is that the a lot of these kids. They're just not emotionally able to learn in your classroom at the time. And it's nine times out of ten, it's got nothing to do with the teacher. It's got, it has everything to do with what's going on at home. And, you know, I had a teacher come to me this year who said, hey, Sean, I need you to talk with this kiddo. He's really struggling. Long story short, I find out or he won't do the math work in a class. Long story short, I find out that the kid has been homeless for the last six months. Well, of course, he's not going to do any math work in your classroom. He's, he's trying to figure out where he's going to lay his head and when he's going to eat. Yeah, that, that's what they're focusing on at, 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 in those moments, and and a lot of times it's it's as simple as uh, they, they they and that kid's a perfect example. But where where are they going to do that homework? Where, where are they going to yeah. actually sit exactly. down and, and and do that homework? It's just so again, that's why you know you you have to sort of build in systems. We're going to this year at Windsor, we're going to extend the school day by an hour 
because, mm. you know, we believe that those kids need to be engaged in community activities. And, wow. and uh, you know, and, we're gonna, we're, and, and again, you know, we do have a union contract and there are certain teachers' hours that they have to work, but we've gotten a group of staff to agree to swing shift their hours. So a couple of them are going come in at nine and work till four so we can, we can continue that, that care and development in the afternoon. So, but That's I think so if we awesome. don't start thinking out of the box like that, we're, we're, we're going to be in trouble. Well, that's a perfect segue to when we come back from from uh, commercial break in a minute, because that's exactly what we're getting ready to go into. So it's time for a break. If you or someone you know is currently struggling, remember, there is hope. Anytime, anywhere, through We Are Hope's telecoaching platform, please feel free to give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also email me directly at radio at wearehope.org. When we return... We will speak with Dr. Baker about and discuss his innovate his district-wide innovations and how he as a superintendent is changing the game on how his children are not only getting support but have direct access to it in schools. Don't forget you can check us out at www.wearehope.org. Again, that's www.wearehope.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. We'll be back in a minute. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to We Are Hope. If you are interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to 
coming to you live from the space on Main in Bradford, Vermont, on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me, you can email me directly at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also email me directly at or call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. So we're back with Dr. David Baker, uh, superintendent of, of uh, Windsor School District. Uh, David, I want to talk about preparing your staff, the children, and the staff that are also in crisis, um, and and how you have just been a complete innovator with with the team that you have. And I, and I mentioned this earlier. Your school district was featured on an Emmy-nominated news story about mental health and supports in Vermont. You have stepped outside the box and have much and have a much different outlook than most. What are you doing that's different? Well, I think, the, and first of all, you know, it is that great team that's that, that's a, that's around me, and and I think we we first of all had to get that mindset in place with with the whole staff, and and that you know that's not easy. I mean, everybody's coming from their own their own little uh, world and their own belief system, and so we did a lot of initially, and this was before you and I even met, right? We did. A lot of work with uh, collaborative problem solving and, and, and working kids through problems, uh, tra- trying to become more of a trauma-informed school. We, wor- we worked with David Melnick out of, out of uh, Northeast Family Institute in Burlington. Uh, he came down, and as a matter of fact, he was with us again this year. This is probably his third year with us. Mm-hmm. Just sort of rolling out the, the theory, the statistics, the biology behind stress, behind trauma, and behind anxiety. Right. So that helped, you know, getting everybody kind of using the same, the same language. And we had a couple of very simple mantras. The big one is that, you know, and, and this comes mostly out of collaborative problem solving um, with Stuart Avalon, but the mantra is all students will do well if they can. Kids will do well if they can. If they're not right. doing well, they're stumbling, right? Then, then they, and we just, we just kind of live by that by that motto, uh, and it's not 100%. We still got people who, you know, only you know, kind of partway believe it, but, but I think we've right. made, made that impact. And we could, without that flooring and that belief system setting uh, and everybody knowing that this was not just a new initiative, but this was how we wanted to live our life, we couldn't have done what we did with, with We Are Hope, you know, which was, right. you know, which was to take that next, that next step. Right. So, so as a progressive superintendent, what tools are you arming your faculty with? Yeah. So once we got, once we got that common language down, and we and then we started sending people out to to be more specifically trained in in uh, in trauma response and in collaborative problem solving, um, you know, which are basically just skill sets uh, in in terms of getting students to. De- Disregulate to regulate rather from a dysregulated right. state. So, so we, we we did that that language piece and that training piece. Then what we did, I think, to to try to step outside the box a little bit. We were we were really struggling with uh, with trying to find support and services in the building on a more regular basis. Because when you right. when you hire a clinician, you know we might be able to afford one day a week or two days a week. And that's and, and by the way, there's a place for that, right? For that clinical right. work, as you and I have said. Um, but you're going to pay. You're going to pay. You know, highly for that. And they're only going to be able to see a child 
you know, maybe for a half an hour or 45 minutes weekly or biweekly. And quite frankly, anxiety doesn't have a schedule. You know what I mean? (laughs) Depression doesn't have a schedule. That's so true. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And and the bottom line is, you know, teachers, they can't do it. They're, they're, you know, I mean, they, they certainly know the language and they can recognize it now. But, you know, and they can do little pieces of it, but they can't do the big pieces when that student, as you said, throws the chair and runs out of the room or completely shuts down or, or, right. or uh, is, is be- becoming belligerent or obstinate. Uh, you know, and so we needed more regular response to those kinds of anxiety producing or that kind of dysregulation. And that's when, you know, through, through ju- the judge certainly bringing you and I together, and you started right. to describe your model with We Are Hope and the fact that you weren't, going, you weren't doing clinical therapy, but what you were doing is much more kind of another notch down, more like life coaching or mentoring, right. and that you could provide trained, and I think your people are very well trained, you know, trained uh, uh, folks to be in these buildings uh, and to be able to have a caseload where if we recognize a student in need, now, you know, through the work you and I have done, we can have that student seen every single day on a regular right. basis, and you can do that goal setting, and, 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 uh, and, I, and I think that, and I know that you and, and, and your partner, James, really thought this through from the work you had done in clinical settings and in residential right. settings, that, you know, if you can catch these kids early and really just mm-hmm. form these relationships with them and, and teach them simple communication skills, then, you know, we're not going to get to that point where a, a student is so dysregulated that they need medication or they need, right. you know, a, a higher level of... And that's what, that's what we've seen in our teachers' report in the work you and I have done in the buildings, or you've done in the buildings, uh, you know, that's what they're seeing. You know, they're seeing these kids, you know, basically t- turn around and, 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 and start to be able to... And I know you teach them these little tricks and these little coping tools and <laughs> setting goals. And I don't even know all of what you do, but whatever well, we, you do, you know, it works. It's, inter- it's interesting. You know, uh, what we do is we find out what the kids want. We ask them, what would be helpful for you when you're feeling this way? They tell us. And then we create that plan with them. And we say, okay, so we're going to talk to your teacher. And when you're feeling this way, this is this is your responsibility, and then this is going to be your teacher's responsibility. And it's like mind blown, <laughs> you know what I mean, David? That's it's great. like it's like what did you do? It's like we didn't do anything. We just asked the kid what he needed, you know. Yeah, and great. like you, and like you stated before, it's not that these teachers don't love and care for these kids because I believe every teacher got into teaching not for the money, but because they love these kids, right? Exactly. But they just don't have the time, and it's not a right. knock on them. They just don't have it. And so that's where we come in. And, and, and it's interesting, you know, um, when we created this, we haven't had one person say what you guys are doing is absolutely crazy. No, you, nobody's ever going to want this service. In fact, we've had the opposite where everybody says everybody's going to want this service. You know, everybody's going to want this and everybody's going to want this. But the, one of the biggest issues is, you know, how do we pay for it? Right. And you've done a really great You've done a really great job being able to find the resources for your district to be able to do that. And I think even at those resources, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're still pretty cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. It doesn't Compared cost us other clinical resources. Right. Absolutely. Right. It doesn't cost yeah, an arm. Absolutely. And so let me ask you this. What can other districts throughout the country learn from the uh, learn from you about the things that you're doing? 
Yeah, well, I think, I think first of all, you know, that whole idea of, of, of making it a priority and, and, and you, know, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is, more or less, right? So right, if you right. see this as critical, and if you really believe if those basic needs aren't met, then you're not going to get to the algebra or, 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 the, or the Shakespeare. You know, and, and, and if you really think that that's critical to get as many students as possible regulated and, and communicating properly, then, then you just have to prioritize that. And we've done a host of things. You know, we've, you know, we've, We've redirected uh, some of our, um, and in this state we can do this, some of our Medicaid allotments. So all of our, all of our providers, whether it's an occupational therapist, physical therapist, special educator, counselors, they all can submit for Medicaid reimbursement. So we get this, this, this stream of money that comes mm-hmm. into our district, and we've been able to, to channel some of that money then back into providing for this tiered support, right, this targeted support for right. these kids. We've also invested some local money. Uh, we've used a little bit of title money. Um, but what I'm trying to convince the boards now is we can't always depend on Medi- you know, Medicare money or Medicaid right. money. Or, or, you know, and, and I think slowly, you know, and you saw this last year with one of our principals, right, uh, she realized that she was running a little bit of a surplus come February and, Right. And she decided to invest a little bit more money into this from the local budget, and right, and I right, think right. that's I think that's going to happen. I think that we're just going to have to prioritize this, and and this kind of trauma informed work and regulated work and and mentoring and coaching of these high anxiety kids and trauma based kids, I think it's going to become as important as a math book or or a or a computer, you know, because it's because right. those, those those things aren't going to mean anything if we can't get that regulation piece straight. Well, like you said, right, children do well if they can. And if a child's not in the right place, there's no way in the world they're going to sit down and do math or English for the day. So if we can get those kids to do well and give them the skills to be able to properly manage uh, their anxieties, then we're going to see a huge growth and in learning in the schools because they're 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 available they're readily available and I know James saw some really great success with his kids this year in Windsor and and I saw some with uh, I saw success with the the kiddos that we had and I had teachers come to me saying this kiddo was actually sitting down and doing work now and I said yeah because now they know that they have an outlet for what's happening and what's going on with them and they can communicate that. And there's a plan that's in place for when they can't communicate that. And that's so powerful because now these kid, these kiddos' voices can actually be heard, you know, um, where before they just they just weren't. So, no, you know, that's again. That's right. And the, the other thing I'd say to my colleagues, superintendents, who are listening to this across the country is that sometimes individual schools, and I, and I know it's hard, they can't do it alone, right, because they don't have the budgets necessary. That's part of what we did. We pooled that Medicaid money across a variety of schools, and we pooled resources at the at, at week in Vermont. We call it the supervisory union level or the district level, and mm-hmm. and that helped because we're a little stronger together. But you know, to be perfectly honest, and you and I have talked about this, where you know we would still we would love more, and we were trying to figure out ways to get more. We could use, you know, we could use two of your coaches in, oh, yeah. in each of our buildings, quite frankly. But we can see the difference in 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 the way it's impacting our kids. Awesome. Well, thank you, David. It's time for a break. Uh, if you or someone you know is currently struggling, struggling, remember there's hope anytime, anywhere through We Are Hope's telecoaching platform. 
please feel free to give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we will find out what's next for Dr. Baker's district and how his fight in the mental health crisis has only just begun. We'll be back in a minute. better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed if you are ready to be inspired energized and entertained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel listen for our lifestyle show star style be the star you are with our host cynthia bryan then on sundays at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern teens talk and the world listens on express yourself teen radio play with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel Listen for Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit, hosted by Dr. Dory Lynn. Dr. Dory is coming back, sexy, savvy, and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience. It's not retirement, it's refirement. It's fun, it's deep. Listening just makes you feel good. If you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world, be sure to tune in to Dr. Dory and Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Make an appointment listening right now. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Do you know what it's like when this world's so cold? You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Sigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you coming to you live from the space on Maine in Bradford, Vermont, on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Bank. We're back with Dr. David Baker. Uh, the Windsor Super, Southeast Supervisory Union. David, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, this has been a great opportunity to, to, to chat. It feels comfortable because we've done so much work together. Yeah, and we, we talk all the time, right? We sit down for what's supposed to be a quick five-minute meeting, and <laughs> we end up talking about roughly for an hour anyway, which is just awesome. Oh, man, you get two, yeah, two people in a room like us, and it's, it's all over. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can, we can, we can go on. Uh, but again, part of that's that passion, right? I mean, I, and right. that's the thing I saw in you initially was, no, this guy, he's not just, you know, trying to sell a product. He, he believes it deep down, right? And those light, like we said at the beginning of the show, those life experiences drive, right? They drive yeah. what you do. And if, if you're just doing it as a job or something rote or, or as, a, as a business, it's not going to happen, you know. But it's, I it's, think that's it's what true. I really liked about it's, your organization. You believe it with the core of your being. Oh, this is, a, you know, this is, this is my everything. And, and it's interesting because um, 
I don't ever feel like I'm working. <laughs> ever. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I literally, I mean, this is just, this is literally my life. And, and, and I feel like I've been doing it my entire life. Um, and, and you know, this, this, this organization is only three years old, <laughs> you know, but I feel like I've been doing yeah, yeah. it. I've been do, doing this forever. So, yeah, exactly. so David, listen, there's a crisis in this country. We know that, right? There, there's no, there's no if, ands or buts about it, but for you, right, there's one in your own district. So what's next? How will you continue to combat, combat this in your district? Yeah. So I think, you know, we, we, we're going to, Things we've realized in the last, over the last year is you've done your work. And, uh, and we've also got other folks in the building. We have what we call, uh, we call them SEIs or social emotional interventionists. These are people right. probably one tier down from, from your folks who are, who are trained, but, uh, but are trying to support these kiddos. And then we've got our school counselors that we've always had, uh, got what used to be called traditionally guidance counselors. But one of the things we're finding, and you probably felt this a little bit in some of the buildings, is that when you're doing this kind of work, our schools <clears throat> physically and logistically haven't been set up for this kind of work. So right. if you've got a student that's, that's highly dysregulated and you're trying to do that in a corridor or under a stairwell or in a closet, I mean, it, it doesn't work that well. So over the last year, and we're going to do more of it this year, and we did a lot of it this summer, my, my maintenance crew, thank God, we're trying to build what we're calling these safe spaces, right? Where right. where you can you can get students uh, uh, in into these spaces, and they're not you know the old fashioned timeout room or you know I mean they're 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 appealing, they're they're quiet, um, and and in some cases they're probably about half a room size, but they're divided into two different spaces. So mm. if a student really starts to dysregulate and starts kicking and screaming and, you know, which it doesn't happen that often, but it happens. You can bring right. them into the interior space, then sort of gradually bring them out. And then, you know, and, and, and so space is an issue because, as you know, doing this kind of work, um, you need privacy. You need quiet. Right. You need a variety of, of, of spaces. So that's one thing we're going we're gonna to look forward to. And you may notice a little of that when you come into the buildings this year because we've We've created some different, different kind of spaces for this kind of de-escalation and, and this That's kind awesome. of uh, trauma work, which I think will be good. And then the next step, I think, and Sean, you can talk a little bit about this too. I'm excited about um, what, what you refer to as emotional CPR, right? That, right. that getting the whole staff trained in, and this is a little bit of what Judge John Broderick talked about last week, Getting to know the signs, but then getting to know what you do in those cases. Right. Uh, and and again, I don't know if you want to expand on that, but I but we're going to try to get folks, our teachers, uh, trained even better in that what what is being called emotional CPR. Yeah. So yeah. So we've partnered with the National Empowerment Center, Dr. Daniel B. Fisher, who is just amazing, and Orks Cohen, again, another amazing another amazing being on this on this on this planet, um, and. Uh, I've recently been trained as a trainer of emotional CPR, and I'm now a facilitator. And so we actually partnered, or not partnered, but we actually spoke with uh, one of your principals, um, and we are going to come in in October and give this emotional CPR training. And this training is really going to teach your teachers how to support kids 
in crisis and even the parents when they come in in crisis. So this is going to be a super powerful um, um, training for your district and I'm really excited about it. I'm more excited that you guys are going to be the very first school ever in the state of Vermont. So you guys are, again, leading the way in, 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 uh, in your state on how you support children that are currently struggling. One thing I also want to talk about is you also have a new position that that uh, we are hope is created for your district, um, and that's having a therapeutic support in your school five days a week, seven hours a day. Yeah, I don't think anybody's. Right. I, I don't think no, anybody's doing that. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't think I don't think anybody's doing that, and so. Um, I'm really, really proud of that of that role and that position that's coming in because I think, like we were talking about on the break, um, we're going to transform the way kids get support. We're already doing it, but we're just going. We're going, to, uh, you know, a step above. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that position is going because, like I said, we we were able to get the clinical person in one day a week or two days a week, but to have them there five days a week, seven hours a day, and to have that tied to a, a, a real clinical approach, it's sort of that tiered system, right? We'll, we'll have right. that. CPR at the bottom of the tier, we'll have the SEIs or the social-emotional interventionist, then your coaches, then this therapist. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be a tiered approach at the Windsor School, and I, I, think it's got a, uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. The other thing I wanted to mention quickly before we, 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 we close out here, and you, you touched on it, uh, the, the third piece, which is kind of our next step, because you said not only kids sometimes are dysregulated, but it's, it's the parents that... Right. You know, because uh, they've, some of them have been involved in, in traumatic situations and school isn't the friendliest place for them. And, and so I think we need to continue to do work with our communities and our adults uh, and, and strengthen them both in the, in the language and the terminology and the, and the protocols that, that we use. So, so my hope is over the next year, you know, you and, and we, our hope, can help us bring oh, the adult definitely. community on board. That, that, that's critical. We didn't do a lot of that last year, but I, I'd like to do, I'd like to do more of that. Cause I, first of all, they don't know the level of, 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 of trauma that, that we're dealing with sometimes. And secondly, they don't know what to do about it either. And, and you know, in their right. own life and in the lives of their children. Exactly. David, listen, man, it has been amazing talking to you today. And I, I just want to thank you so much for joining me. We always have a great conversation. And I'm so happy to be working with you and your team and every school. Um, and every school that I go to, I talk about how amazing you guys are, all of you. Um, so thank you so much for letting We Are Hope be part of your Windsor School uh, District family. I appreciate As we come that, to a- Sean. Yeah, thank you. I, I, it, means a lot to, it means a lot to me. Um, as we come to a close... I would like you all to remember someone that you know or someone that you love or even maybe yourself is struggling in silence right now. Today is the day they no longer have to. Today is the day that they or you can reach out for support. Today, you no longer have to be alone. Today is the day you get to reclaim your voice and break the chain of silence and get the support that's needed. Like always, We Are Hope is here to help. We believe in your strength even when you do not. Please. Give us a call at 802-440-1428 or email us at radio at weirehope.org. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Until next time, remember, it's okay to not be okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Hope radio show. 
Please join host Sean Perry again for another edition next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.